Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Jeff, here's the deal. I start off every single morning having a conversation with a woman who is not my wife. Uh-oh. This is not the way you expect me to start this podcast. No. I can already tell. Uh-uh, but I is Megan listening? <laughs> I typically start off every single morning mm-hmm. by asking a woman a question. Oh, I know what you're saying. I yeah. ask Alexa. Sure. Alexa, yeah. what's the temperature today? All right. Right? What's mm-hmm. the weather today? Yeah. Now, it's not because I'm really worried about what the weather is going to be. Like, I don't care if it's going to rain or snow or sleet or any of those kinds of things. What I care about is... Um, what kind of clothes do I need to put on for the day? Sure. Nine times out of 10, I know before Alexa tells me, mm-hmm. right? You if know, you watched anything last night, you're pretty close. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. if it's middle of July, I'm probably putting on shorts, sure. you know, mm-hmm. if it's the middle of February, I'm probably not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things are, are pretty typical. And this morning, Alexa surprised me. Oh, Alexa said it is currently 54 degrees. Right, right, right. With a high today of 77 degrees. And my wife, who was over listening to the conversation I was having, uh, who was, you know, listening to the conversation I was having with this other woman, uh, pipes in and goes, that's awesome. Like, that's so great. Like, this is like, per- I don't know what it is about typical white female, but fall is their favorite Bumpkin. season of the uh, world uh, regardless uh, you know for sure yeah. and so uh so my wife megan was all excited that we were kind of in the you know hoodie sweatshirt kind of uh season mm-hmm. we're not there yet it's gonna get hot again right but at least for today it's that and uh, i got out it is an absolutely beautiful day perfect yeah mm-hmm. it is uh, it is so gorgeous and then uh, got to get some stuff done this morning and then get to sit here across the table from my friend Jeff Cross as we bring you another episode of the Uncommon Drive podcast. So a little FYI, yep. I never, uh, very rarely do I ask Alexa anything. Okay. I, I just don't use her. Sometimes I might use her for a timer, mm-hmm. um, you know, just some small things. But if I want to know the temperature... I either will check it out on uh, the news or I'll hit my weather app and see the temperature and kind of go from there. Um, but I feel like Alexa communicates with me more than I communicate with her. Ah. You know, our TVs, everybody's not everybody has a smart TV, but we have a smart TV. Okay. And it's connected to the Alexa and it's all Amazon, everything, right? So when something gets delivered, Mm-hmm. Alexa makes me a little noise and then shoots a message to my TV. And then my TV lights up and says, your metal straws have shown up or whatever it says, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know I was ordering metal straws. But 
Yeah, I listen to her a lot. Mm-hmm. Don't necessarily say much back to her, <laughs> you know. Um, and it is interesting. And but my mother-in-law, who is gonna, coming up on eighty-nine in October, uses her all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, she says she'll get up, and I believe she says good morning, Alexa, and she they tell her the weather and t- maybe tell her a joke or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So um, it is interesting that uh, more people use that. For, for different reasons, right? Sure. It's, you know, it's it's my mother-in-law who uses her home computer. It has all the capabilities of all the things, but all it's a great big solitaire machine. Sure. That's all it is. So um, for me, it's just a great big notification device. That's mm-hmm. what it is. So even my remote, like I can press the button and, talk and, to it. and say, turn on NYPD Blue. and But I don't do it for whatever reason. So, but uh, yes, hoodie... I'm the type of guy that would wear a hoodie all year long. Mm-hmm. That's fine by me. I wear typically lightweight hoodies. Um, but the fall weather, that just means we're one step closer to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff had to go there. Yeah, that's right. I haven't done it in a while. That is good stuff. That is good stuff. Well, Jeff, today uh, we're going to talk about something uh, that that I think maybe has been talked around or has been talked about in part in officiating circles. Um, but we're going to talk about it, I, I think, through maybe a, a little different lens with maybe a little sharper focus today. You know, I've been to tons of camps, clinics, uh, where they've talked about what is our job as officials, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, some people say, well, our job is to adjudicate the rules. You know, our job is to call ball strike safes outs, to call, you know, fouls and violations and that kind of thing. There are some people that say, well, no, 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 you know, we're, we're in the people business. You know, we've, we've made that statement here, even on this sure. podcast to, mm-hmm. to some extent. Uh, you know, we talk about, you know, these different aspects and, and somebody Asked me the other day because of a form I had to fill out. Okay. Okay? So I had to fill out a form. It was an online form. I was talking back and forth with this person. And I had to pick the industry that my job was in. Mm -hmm. This is great. This is great. Right? All right. So, you know, one industry was education. Mm -hmm. Am I in the education industry? Well, I do lots of educating, mm-hmm. but I'm not in the education industry, right? Well, are you in the manufacturing industry? Well, I manufacture a lot of excuses to coaches <laughs> from time to time, right, you know, right, but right. I'm not in the manufacturing industry. And and as I began going through this massive list, there was a list of like 80 different mm-hmm. ones that were in there. You know, I saw some some aspects that I thought maybe were there, but I had a hard time actually figuring out what it was. And I I put an answer in there that I wasn't real happy with, but whatever. I mean, most people that are reading the form probably don't care. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to them, but it bothered me in the mm-hmm. moment, right? Then I had something that happened last night. And because of what happened last night, I think I have a better answer now than I did then. But I just like start out, Jeff. Um, you know, when you think about what industry we are in as sports officials, you know, what's what's the first thing that comes to your mind? 
it's so funny that you asked me this question. I didn't know. I mean, I knew partially what you're going to do, but mm-hmm. 100% of the time, if I was to fill out a form, 100% of the time, I tell people I'm in education. Okay. 100% of the time. Because I am always on school grounds. Okay. I'm always on university. I'm always dealing with student athletes. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm basically in education. I may not be teaching any classes, um, but I'm in the education um, realm of things. Um, all, and, but when if someone comes to me and says, what do you do? Obviously, I say I'm an NCAA basketball referee. You know, but um, I don't say I'm a lawn care professional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't say that. So, but I always pick education. And after you've given me all those explanations and, and your thoughts, mm-hmm. I believe es- education is the right choice. Okay. I think it is because um, most teachers are educating their 20 students every day. And before they can educate their students, they have to educate themselves, they have to be educated. On a daily basis, they can't, you know, the same chalkboard doesn't work like a smart board does now. So mm-hmm. they have to be educated. So they're the student in passing on those those thoughts and those uh, learning principles to the student. So um, I would that's I think education is 100 percent what we are, what we are doing in officiating. We're educating ourselves. We're educating our partners, we're educating um, our coaches, our players. We've I've said it for years. We've we've said it on this podcast many many times. Um, we're teaching them when we make an incorrect call. We're teaching them that that's a correct call mm-hmm. because even though it's incorrect, so they're learning by what we do, by what we call and what we don't call. So we are in education. Okay. Well, I'm going to throw out some industries that I've heard other people talk about. Did a little bit of research heading into today. Okay. Uh, just enough to be dangerous. Mm. And I think I have down here um, four more industries that have been the most talked about that I could find. Whether they're on uh, really great podcasts that are out there right now, like crown refs and some mm-hmm. others that you know have talked about some of these ideas uh as well as some some other things that that i've read in some of the ncaa materials and things like that um, i have four so i'm going to throw these out to you mm-hmm. i'd like for you to see how well you think they stick mm-hmm. or don't stick mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll go from there the first one uh that we hear and sometimes this isn't necessarily from people inside the officiating world. Sometimes this is from people who are watching the officiating world. Mm-hmm. And they say, we're in a form of law enforcement. There are, uh, there are rules, there are guidelines uh, that are given, and our job is to enforce those rules and guidelines. Uh, what do you think about that? I say uh, hard no. Okay. Hard no. Because in that, I would ask that same person, well, do you think a judge is in law enforcement? They enforce the rules all the time. They can't arrest anyone. They can't, you know, they, I get no one can arrest anyone, but um, I think it's just law enforcement is a, if you ask a law enforcement person, mm-hmm. they probably would say 
Yes, that's what I would put down on my loan application. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, they're in more of a communication business than they are a law enforcement business. There are times where they have to enforce the law. There are times where they have no choice but to enforce the law. But there's just as many times where they get in a situation where if they can communicate, whether that be a domestic dispute or someone that's holding someone hostage, they have to be able to communicate. They can't say, "Eh, well... I'm law enforcement. I don't know what to tell you. So, yes, that is a uh, an aspect of what we do in officiating, but it's not at the top. If, if I had to rank, I don't even know what the other three are. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's number four. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. Why is it that people from the outside see that as being our role? Why do they see our primary role? And I don't mean like that we're actually law enforcement, mm-hmm. but, you know, but when they when they think of officials, why is it that they think our primary function is to enforce the rules? I believe that's because that's all they've ever seen. Okay. That's all they've ever seen in officials is they show up to a game, they pay their $5, they walk in, and they see the person in a striped shirt enforcing the rules. That's all they see. They don't see any training that they've been through. They don't see any... uh, uh, situations in film study. They don't see uh, how many years they've done it. They don't see any of it. All they see is them blowing the whistle to enforce the rules. That's it. So that basically that, that common fan is uneducated. And when they're uneducated, they can only do what everyone else thinks they're there to do. And that's just to enforce the rules. So law enforcement comes to mind for them. That's my thoughts. Well, and I, th- I think it even goes a step beyond that. I think, you know, I've, I've heard from both officials and non-officials. Mm-hmm. The best officials are the ones that you never notice. Mm-hmm. I think that's baloney. I agree. I think that is so mm-hmm. beyond wrong. And there are lots of people who have done much greater things than me. Who make that statement? Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm not trying to say I know more than them or anything else. I'm just telling you from my perspective, that is an incredibly erroneous statement. Well, it's basically a hook phrase. Is all it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that someone said back in 1970, and they go, "Oh, that sounds good," and they just kept on regurgitating it over and over and over, and it went across fans and it went across broadcasters on ESPN. And all these things, but it's truly just nothing further than the truth. Yeah, I I will say this. I think what most people mean by that statement, especially if it's a fan talking about the officials. Mm -hmm. You know, I I didn't pay money to see the officials. Sure. You're right. You didn't. Mm -hmm. Until the last 30 seconds of the game when... Your shooting guard gets fouled hard going to the basket for the tying layup. Mm -hmm. And the official doesn't blow the whistle. Mm -hmm. Well, now you're furious. Mm -hmm. When two minutes ago you would have said, well, I didn't pay money to see the official. Mm -hmm. I didn't didn't pay money to hear the official blow the whistle. Sure, sure. Well, now all of a sudden you want the official to blow the whistle. Yeah, now you pay money to see him blow his whistle. That's right. (laughs) And... And I think when people think about law enforcement, we tend in this day and age, I think, I I don't think this is right, but I think it is where we are at as a society. 
many times we think of law enforcement with a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. We think of law enforcement in terms of what am I going to get caught for doing? My son, not long ago, was stopped right here in the middle of Aroma Park. Mm. And I'm sure it was a sheriff's deputy, because I think they do all of our law enforcement here in Aroma Park now. Mm -hmm. Um, Pulled him over and said that he did not come to a complete stop at the Mm four-way in Aroma Park. Now, did y'all hear that, folks? (laughs) The Four-way. The one we have, all, they only got we one have four-way one four-way stop here in Aroma <laughs> yeah, Park, okay? Uh, we got so, all eyes on that. Baby. So if you're a law enforcement officer <laughs> looking for that type of infraction, there's only one place to be. <laughs> and the funny thing about it is, is that maybe 10% of the people that drive through Aroma Park come to a full and complete stop. It's very at rare. That, mm-hmm. At that four-way stop. It might as well be a roundabout. That's right. <laughs> so... My son gets pulled over, and he is so upset over this thing. He doesn't even get a ticket. He mm-hmm. just gets a warning, mm-hmm. right? But now, not only is he convinced that he did come to a full and complete stop, which we all know there's no way he did, mm-hmm. right? Okay, but not, not only is that, but now he's convinced that she was rude and mean to him. Of course. You know, when he was getting his talking to Mm -hmm. about coming to a full and complete stop. Mm -hmm. Well, what he's saying is, I don't like getting called out for being wrong. There you go. And that's what we think of as law enforcement. When the other person blows past us on the interstate, we want them to get pulled over for speeding. Mm -hmm. Even though we're going 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, they're more wronger than we are, right? right. Isn't that great English? Yeah, they're agree. more wronger. So since they're more wronger, they need to get pulled over. Sounds good to me. But I'm fine because mm-hmm. well, I was just going ten over. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that was just a that that was that was just a touch foul. You don't need to call that. Well, that was a hard foul. You need to call that. Well, mm-hmm. are they fouls or are they not? Yeah. Which one is it, right? You know. Well, that pitch was two inches off the plate, and that this pitch was only an inch off the plate. So mm-hmm. why didn't you call mine a strike? And mm-hmm. you know whatever, right? And I think for a lot of times, especially since people outside the game are are looking at the game through a bias, right? Their bias is, I want my team to win. Mm-hmm. Or their bias is, I want to watch a great competitive game. Or their bias is whatever, you know? They're rooting for the over mm-hmm. in the, sure. you know, the, <laughs> the betting stuff or whatever. But whatever that bias is, it affects then the way they see anything that is interjected into the game. And I believe that's one of the reasons why people see our primary role as being the athletic cops. Right. Because, yeah, they're like, oh, you know, this guy's been traveling all day long and now they catch now they catch my team doing it. Yep. It's just (laughs) you're exactly right. And I think also if we're going to go back to your son a little bit. I, I wish your son was here because mm-hmm. I'd ask him, in your heart of hearts, do you really think you made a complete stop? You didn't roll through it one little bit and then get the real truth, right? Because we, we this is what happens. So just, just today, when I took my wife to work, as we're going by Grace, which is a school zone, mm-hmm. but... It is never observed as a school zone. Correct. 
because it's kind of on a on a main road, way far way far away from the school. There's there's no crossing there, nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just there's no buses. It's just people driving in, and it's it says school zone, mm-hmm. but no one pays attention to it unless you're a school bus going through the school zone. And as I'm coming around the corner, I'm going. It's, I think the speed was 45. I'm probably going at least you know somewhere between 45 and 50. And I'll be darned. There's not a county sheriff sitting in that uh, school parking lot. Yeah. And my wife says it's a school zone. I'm like, yeah, but I know, but no one, no one, you know. Yep. But I slow down. But I've already admitted to myself. My first instinct is I know I am in the wrong. Mm-hmm. I know I am. But that's right. Yeah. Well, I think there's there's two ways. There's there's a lot of people that go. I, I'm not in the wrong. People do this all the time. I'm not in the wrong. Or I know I'm in the wrong, and they give themselves enough time to convince themselves that they really aren't in the wrong. Yeah. And that's why I wonder if Caleb was here, if he would say, right away, I knew I rolled through it. Because if I'd have got pulled over, I would have said right away, I know I was going too fast. But we we give ourselves enough time in our own head to, to, to uh, change the way we see that. So now we believe it. Like you said, dinner, that he's like, he's fully convinced. Now the lady was mad and mean mm-hmm. and, and disrespectful. And I didn't, all those things, because he, he kept on telling himself that. Instead, if we stick to the actual truth, which is our gut instinct, right? I know I'm wrong. Yep. I rolled through it. Yeah, yep. I'm not happy about it, but I rolled through it. So, yeah. All right. So the second industry that a lot of people uh, say that we are as a, officials, sports officials, and I think there's a, a lot of basis for this we've talked about is that we're in the communications business mm-hmm. we're in the communications yep. industry yep. you know uh, how, how does that strike you Jeff well I, first of all I would like to know where I can go and apply for a job in communications mm-hmm. they have entire degrees for it Jeff they do but there's no one like hey we're looking for a communicator can you we're we're looking to hire somebody for 100k to be a communicator they have speakers bureaus out there they have all sorts of stuff you can go get a job as a communicator working for what company there you're you would be an independent contractor working for a speaker right bureau. exactly i yep. would just be a communicator mm-hmm. but there's no you go to any school they're not hey they're all the positions are open none of them are communicator you go to any factory, all the positions are open, none of them are communicator. They label them as human resources or, you know, supervisors or things like that. So, yes, I would say that communicator is probably, I don't know the other two, but mm-hmm. it's going to be at the top, if not the first one. And um, we, um, the greatest thing about if we put ourselves in this communicator uh, uh, umbrella it can be done. It can be done at a very high level without going and getting a degree in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it can it can take years and years of practice and years and years of failure. And then you're going to come out the other side, a really darn good communicator. So, yes, I would say we are communicators because there's not a game, not a game that anyone does in any sport that they're not communicating in some way, shape or form. There may be plenty of games where I didn't have to make any decisions because I didn't have any plays at third base. Even though I'm law enforcement, I didn't have any plays. I didn't have to enforce any laws. Mm-hmm. No one, no one even got to third base that game. <laughs> you know, so uh, communicated is probably if I couldn't pick education, that's probably what I would pick. 
You know, and I think there are tons of things that we do as communicators within the job, but mm-hmm. yet there are whole aspects of the job that we do that are not communication. Well, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are tons of parts of the job that have to do with, you know, uh, learning and knowledge and making sure that we have the appropriate knowledge. Now, we could say that we're doing that so that we can be better communicators, mm-hmm. but that's still whole aspects of the job that are not that. You know, the, the physical fitness side of what we have to do as sports officials, mm-hmm. well, that's, that's not communication. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there are... And, and because of that, that's why we notice there are some people out there who are really, really great communicators that may not be as good in those other areas mm-hmm. because they can communicate their way out of it. Mm-hmm. You right. know, yeah. uh, on the flip side, people that struggle in the communication have to lean harder on some of those other areas, right. you know, to be able to be successful. So I, I absolutely believe in, in this is what I will say. I will say I believe that communication is the greatest tool you could have in your tool belt for going to this job. Yep. However, the more I look at what we do, I don't think communication is the job. Hmm. Okay. I think it is a huge, massive part of the job. Yeah. But communication is not the job. Yeah. Okay. Because I think if it was purely communication, we we could not do everything that's required of us in this job, right? Now, the, the next industry I found really interesting, and I heard this, it just came up in a in a conversation that I was listening to on another podcast. And at first I was like, what in the world are they talking about? Like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And then as I began to think about it, I'm like, holy cow, they're right. Now, this is not where I'm eventually going to land, mm-hmm. but I think there are I think some people maybe just like I was initially. When I say this, they're gonna be okay. Now they're just looking for something, but give it a second, and I think this is gonna this is gonna sit with a lot of us. There are a lot of people that say that we, as independent contractor sports officials, we are in the sales business. Mm-hmm. We're in sales. Mm-hmm. We sell a lot of stuff in this business, mm-hmm. like a lot. Okay, we can make the jokes. Oh, we had to sell our call. Right? Mm-hmm. Why is it that we want crisp mechanics mm-hmm. so that we sell our call? Why is it that we want a confident presentation so that we sell our call? Why is it that we want to have good physical fitness? Right? Mm-hmm. It's so that we can sell our identity out there on the court. Think about it. Even you know, a lot of us we we talked about it just a few ep- uh, a few episodes ago. We've just come through camp season. Mm-hmm. Some of our baseball folks are getting ready to go into more camps here this fall. What what are you doing when you go to a camp? You're selling yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're educating. Yes, we're getting better. All those kinds of things. But we know ultimately what you're hoping to do going to a camp is to get better so that you can get more games mm-hmm. or get bigger games mm-hmm. or better games or whatever they might be. And so it takes that education component for it. And it may not be that you get the job at that camp. It may be now you learn something, so then you go someplace else next year that then you get that thing, right? Sure. But ultimately, you are selling yourself. And so you're not just selling your calls, mm-hmm. but you're you're selling your schedule. 
You're right. you're selling your personality. Mm-hmm. You're selling your fitness. Hey, I can do this. You know, the person that walks out there like, oh, there's no way this person can go work a basketball game. I, I don't even know they could jog up and down the court once or twice. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, even though maybe you don't have the same physical fitness from an outward perspective that other people see, all of a sudden they see you sprinting up and down the court just as fast as everybody else and not breaking a sweat. Well, you just sold yourself, mm-hmm. right? What do you think about that idea that we as sports officials are in sales? Well, I'm going to... I'm going to... Turn on you a little bit here. I believe we are in sales, but as a last uh, profession was communication. Mm-hmm. If if I'm a fit man or a fit woman that walks out on the floor in their uniform and looks good and, and looks fit, mm-hmm. that is nonverbal communication right there. Okay. Yes, we're selling ourselves. Mm-hmm. If I'm a person who's selling their calls and crisp mechanics, that is nonverbal communication goes back to communication so yes i would say we are in sales but we have to be excellent communicators in order to sell something so whether that it be through mechanics through our fitness um, through our words through our actions uh, whatever that is if we can't communicate we can't sell and not a whole lot of people can sell things if they can't communicate to the person why they should buy it. So, yes, sales, communication, it still all, I think, bleeds right back to the communication of what we're doing. Um, I, I've often said, you know, we're, we're business owners, and I hope that's not your fourth one. But, it's not. <laughs> okay, but we're business owners. And when we go on the floor... We're trying to do a job that that um, company that we just worked for calls us back for a second job. So we want repeat business. And the way for us to get repeat business is to be uh, selling all the time through communication. So we want repeat business. And we want people, we want schools to say, hey, yeah, we want coaches. We want coordinators. That's, yep, I want Chad. I want Jeff. I want them because they've sold me on what they – through their communication. I mean, that's what that's what a contractor does, right? When they do a good job on the roof, they're hoping for more, another roof job. They're not they're mm-hmm. not just doing a good job on the roof, and that's why they're in business for for roofing. We're in business for attracting more games as officials. Yeah, the, there's only two ways that you are going to sell something. Okay. Way number one is you have a great salesman. Okay, because. We have seen lots of really crummy products mm-hmm. get bought. Oh yeah, because yeah. there were great salesmen it, right? out there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, think of half of the, the infomercials you've seen or whatever, you Floby. know, and some of them were super cruddy products. <laughs> oh, but man, terrible. they made them seem great, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Or the other thing is you can have is a phenomenal product, mm-hmm. you know, and so you may say, well, man, I'm. I'm not very good at sales. I'm not, I'm not good at that communicating. I'm not good at selling myself, whatever. Well, then your product better be impeccable. Yeah, right. You know, it it better be so great that when that coordinator looks at you, they go, I can't not buy that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're not that, you know, if you're not that top, you know, point one of one. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Percent? Mm-hmm. Then you need to be looking at how you sell yourself right. as a sports official. Mm-hmm. I still don't think it's the greatest one. And of these four that other people laid out, I don't even think this fourth one is it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I do think it's really closely tied to sales. Um, and the thought was, is that you're in management. Mm. Okay. That as, as a sports official, what we are is we are a manager of people. Your management. And think about all the different people that we have to manage as sports officials. Mm-hmm. You know, ourselves included. Yeah. We, <laughs> we start out with ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, we have to manage ourselves. We're managing our schedule. We're managing, you know, all those things. We have to manage our partners. You know, what, what's the temperature of the room when everybody mm-hmm. walked in today? Is mm-hmm. this going to be a tough day? Is this going to be an easy day? Are these easy personalities to work with? Are they bad personalities to work with? We're managing our relationships with our assigners and coordinators. We're managing our relationships with players. We're managing our relationships with coaches. We're in this day and age, we have to manage the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things like that. What What do you think about that idea that that we're a part of management? Well, I would say we are. Um, what was the first one again? The first one we talked about was law enforcement. Yeah. And we I, went I'm putting management at the bottom. Okay. You're down to management. At the whether, bottom. whether that's before or after law enforcement. Um, I see as management as um, I know who my boss is, mm-hmm. right? I know when I have a job, I know who my boss is and they're managing, you know, whatever, all the officials on the, on staff or the, the athletic directors, the things like that. But, to us, we are managing that, but we manage stuff daily. Mm-hmm. I managed to get up early, go get a workout in. Sure. I managed to bring my wife to work. I managed, you know, not getting a ticket when I went through the school zone today. <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm managing all the time. So if that is, if we had to, like I said, put those in four, that's three or four. We do some managing, but we're not in management because... If we were in management, we would be the uh, end all, a be all of, on the floor. When that fan, you know, goes out of control, and whether you address it, whether you don't address it, that that has nothing to do with whether you get another game. Mm-hmm. When that when that coach gets a technical foul for what you've you know maybe done incorrectly. That has nothing to do with what you, whether you got another game. So, we as as managers, we're 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 keeping the whole umbrella of staff in check. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not able to do that because if that's the case, then you're saying three managements are on the floor. Ultimately, somebody is the top dog. Someone is going to have to make, you know, we're attacking. Someone's going to have to say we're retreating. 
So I don't know that we fall. Well, it could be that. you got a manager with a couple assistant managers. Sure. You know, I mean, it, it could be, you know, it's middle management, not top management, right. whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I do think there are some things there. And I think especially then as we tie that into to then sales and communication and law enforcement. I mean, if we look at all of these, all of these have have validity within the sports officiating world. Mm-hmm. There are aspects of all these things that we have to do. Yes, can we be a sports official and not enforce the rules and regulations? Not very well, we can't. Not very well. I mean, I've seen some people do it. I've <laughs> seen some people go out there and never blow their whistle. Yeah. But they're typically not the people that we think of as great sports officials, at right. least not from within the sports officiating community. Mm-hmm. You know, can we go out and work a game without communicating? Well, we're communicating something. Mm-hmm. Even if it's through our lack of communication, right? We're communicating something, you know. Can we go out there and and not sell ourselves and not, you know, that? Well, we can, but we're not going to be as successful as we could be otherwise. And that doesn't mean that you got to be a politicker. You got to be, you know, kissing people's rear ends mm-hmm. and all. But I mean, there's a way to sell yourself appropriately when it comes to the sports fishing world and. And we have to be able to manage. We have to be able to manage situations. We have to be able to manage people. We have to be able to do all that. So So I'm going to say this then. Yep. If I was sitting in a laboratory somewhere and I wanted to make the perfect referee or the perfect sports official, I want them to have all four of those traits. I agree, which is what brings us to. Oh, okay. This thing here at the end, All right. and we'll see if I'm I off base. And, I didn't know you were going here, so yeah, Jeff. Good. Jeff may totally and completely disagree with me, and that's half the fun of doing this. All right, but yeah. I want to start out with my story. All right, my wife recently had a milestone birthday. Mm, yeah, yeah. All right, and um, twenty nine, not twenty nine. Couple mm. couple years older than that, mm. and uh, she's still not nearly as old as me. Uh, but she had a uh, she had a milestone birthday. And so we went out to celebrate her birthday. Now, a couple things about my wife. First of all, she's unbelievably giving to others. Okay. A hundred times over, she would rather do something for someone else than have something done for her. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's just, that's, she's far more comfortable doing things for other people than for herself. To the point that if I want to do something for her, and I tell her what I'm doing, she'll look for reasons for us to do less. Mm. Right? Because it would be okay to do that for somebody else. It'd be mm-hmm. okay for her to do it for me, mm-hmm. but not okay for me to do for her. Sure. So for her birthday, um, I made sure I blocked off my schedule. So I was not working on her birthday. Good for you. Um, she got off work about 4.30. Um, she normally loves to come home and get cleaned up after work and all. But because of her patient load and everything that day, it was okay. She was going to get changed at work. I was going to swing by, pick her up about five o'clock in order to do that. So we wouldn't have multiple vehicles out. I took her to work in the morning. Mm, all right. You know, I was able to do that. So I took her to work, came back, picked her up about five o'clock. We headed north uh, to go to dinner because, you know, sometimes in doing something special, it means you don't do what's just available to you. Here, right? Sure. So she had asked multiple times. She never asked, where are we going? Because if she would have asked that question directly, I probably would have told her. Mm-hmm. Instead, the question she asked me was, are you going to tell me where we're going? Hmm. Yes or no? All right. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> right? So we went up north and we pulled into a restaurant. She goes, I've never been here before. Awesome. That's great. And so we went inside. We sat down. Uh, the menu was not outrageous as far as price, but I would say it's a step up from what we normally would do if we just went out to have a nice dinner, sure. right? Mm-hmm. You know, special day, big birthday, all that kind of thing. Uh, as we are being walked to our table, uh, a manager is actually the one taking us to a table. Super nice guy. He goes, have you been here before? And I just said, my wife is not. And so he explained a couple things to her, including a, a free sample that they would be offering that night. And he said, don't worry, your server will take care of it and we'll make sure you're taken care of. So we don't even have to ask. We have to, nope, they got it, right? So we come to the table, we sit down. Server comes over after a, a lengthy wait But it wasn't crazy. You know, it was her birthday. We were having fun talking, visiting, and it was a very busy restaurant. And so we didn't think anything of it. Finally comes over to the table. And uh, my wife had been deliberating. And if you know anything about my wife, uh, she does not like making choices. Okay. (laughs) Uh, In fact, the joke in our wedding vows uh, is that I would always narrow choices down to no more than three Mm. for her. So instead (laughs) of picking from a huge amount, she could pick from three things. Get her to three, right. And so uh, she had narrowed down her food choices for the night to two things. One of them was a chef's special that was on a special card out on the table that night. And the other one was a Parmesan-crusted mahi-mahi. My wife loves seafood. Used to live down on the Gulf in Pensacola, Florida. Loves seafood. Looked good. Both of the the special dishes had seafood in them. So she's like, I just don't know which one to have. I said, well, honey, have whatever you want. I said, you know, sometimes what I'll do in a place like this is I'll ask the server, hey, if you were choosing between these two things, Mm -hmm. which one would you pick? Mm Mm-hmm. I said, but then I always take whatever they pick because that would be really silly. Well, which one of these two would you pick? <laughs> well, that's obviously the wrong answer. I'm going to pick the other uh, one, right? You know, server, that kind right, of thing. Right. So, uh, so that's what I did. I said, why don't, you, why don't you do that? And so she asked him and he responded. She's like, okay, that's what I want. He turned to me. I gave him my order. He took our drink orders right then. And did not offer us the free sample, mm-hmm. did not do any of the stuff the manager talked about, and immediately walked away before we could even ask about it. So he comes back, he drops off the drinks, walks away, and I catch him. Sir, sir, uh, the manager said you guys were offering a free sample tonight. Is that true? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get that for you. Ten minutes later. Finally, the sample is out to our table and dropped off and left. Now, you know me and the way I go through beverages at the table. Right. You're you're already out, right? It was Coke products, so I was not drinking Diet Coke. I was drinking unsweetened iced tea. Okay. Normally, I put Splenda in my unsweetened iced tea. He did not even offer to bring me and had walked away so quickly when he sat down the tea, I didn't even get the opportunity to say, could I please have some Splenda? So uh, when he brings the sample back to the table, my iced tea is empty. 
does not bring a refill. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. 20 to 25 minutes later, our food is served. We still have not had the waiter check back in. Mm. Now, part of what I had ordered was a steak. And uh, I had ordered my steak medium rare. I cut it into my steak, and my steak was medium well at best, potentially well. Oh. Okay. Those are cuss words. That's right. So I cut into it, and Megan's like, oh, my gosh, Chad, I'll flag somebody down for you. I'm like, no, look, this is your birthday. Like, we're not messing around with this on your birthday. You know, I'm fine. And sure. Actually, one of the best steaks I've ever eaten. Now, there was one part of the steak was a little bit more medium well. There was another part of it that was at least medium. You know, one part of the steak was a little thicker than the other, whatever. Kid you not. One of the best best steaks I've ever eaten in my entire life. Mm. We get down to the point that we have maybe three or four bites of food left on our plates. The waiter still has not come back by to check on the food, to give us a refill, nothing. Now, he has walked directly past our table at least a dozen times. We've tried to catch attention, nothing. Finally, one of the ladies who had greeted us when we first came in the door was walking past the table. And I said, I said, ma'am, do you mind? Could I could I please see a manager when you get a chance? Three or four minutes later, the manager comes over. And the very first thing I said to the manager was, you need to know, this is some of the best food I have ever eaten. And it was. Mm. It was so good. I had bacon-wrapped shrimp. Mm. I had this steak that was amazing. I had some asparagus. It was it was really, really good food. And I said, thank you so much. We came out for my wife's uh, special birthday, really looking forward to this, and the food more than lived up to all the hype. He's like, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. I said, I do wish that the service would have been equal to the food. And I just very quickly explained kind of what had happened. He goes, I'm so sorry. I said, and in fact, I said, you know, we got the sample at the beginning of the meal. My intent had been to purchase some of that for my wife for her birthday. I said, that, I, said I assumed that was the purpose of the sample. I said, but I didn't get the chance to do that because it was never even offered to me hmm. at all. And so... But I said, you need to know that like the meal has like it, this has not overshadowed the meal. We've still had a great birthday. We've had a whatever. He was very apologetic without being over the top. Sure. Um, he did not discount the bill or anything like that. We did not ask him to do that. He did bring out something special for Megan for her birthday, which was very kind and that kind of thing. But in that moment... It was almost as if this just flashing light was going off in my mind. In part because of how well this manager, remember we were just talking about management, mm -hmm. how well this manager was handling his job, how poorly the server had handled their job, mm -hmm. how well the greeter had done their job. All these different aspects were working together. And it dawned on me, you know what business we're in, Jeff? We are in the customer service industry. I was hoping you weren't going to say a restaurant business. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are in the customer service industry. Yeah. 
everything that we do as sports officials plays to a customer. There are times when the customer is the schools that we're serving. Yeah. There are times when the customer is the assigner mm-hmm. that we're trying to get to buy our services. Mm-hmm. You know, we we think of them as hiring us. They don't hire us as much as they purchase our independent contracting services mm-hmm. to help fill a slot that they need to have filled. Yeah, they purchase our availability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, everything that we do, because we left that meal not frustrated with the server. We left the meal impressed with the way our situation was handled. Mm-hmm. Guess what? There are be there can be times when a coach is frustrated with the service. The coach is frustrated with the way the game was called, mm-hmm. but can still walk away impressed with how the game was handled. Mm-hmm. You know, there can be a time when a an assigner is frustrated with the level of physical fitness or frustrated with the fact that we misapplied a rule or frustrated, but could still be impressed with the overall way that we handled our job. Mm-hmm. The thing that I love, customer service is not about being perfect. Mm-hmm. Customer service is not even all about the customer always being right mm-hmm. because the customer is not always be right. But customer service is about acknowledging people and treating people fairly and with respect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I cannot think of a single aspect of our jobs as sports officials that does not encompass that. Yeah, I think think you're right. But I think there's something we, there's a point that needs to be made here. The, The customer service is only good if you think it's good. Exactly. That's it. You know, and my dad, you know, he taught me a lot of things. And one of the things he taught me is a good deal is a state of mind. Mm-hmm. Consistency is a state of mind. Yep. Good customer service is a state of mind. That is all there is to it. So I can, that manager could have had that same exact situation. And everything's the same, but it's two different people. And mm-hmm. that, couple, that, that, that table would not be happy. Sure. Because they wanted a discount off their meal. That's right. But they they weren't going to be happy. And so now, I'm and, gonna... and to that point, there was a table just two down from ours, mm-hmm. same server. Mm-hmm. They were incredibly frustrated with the situation. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was just our table. Sure. Obviously, it was somebody who was either having a tough night yeah. or whatever, but right? Well, you know? whatever, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And not only did they get very visibly and audibly upset Mm -hmm. but they left that night not satisfied Mm -hmm. as a customer right right? Mm -hmm. but that's because it wasn't just up to the manager to give good customer service Mm -hmm. it was up to the server as well Mm -hmm. to give customer service so it could be that i've called a phenomenal game i had a hundred percent game management Mm -hmm. all of those things and one of the other members of the team doesn't. Yeah. Well, guess what? They still look at us as a restaurant, That's right. us as a 
box store, yeah. us as a car dealership, us as sports officials, sure. as having poor customer service. Yep. But it doesn't mean that we're not still in that industry. Right. You know, because what we do, we're, you're never going to make every customer happy. Nope. Never going to happen. Mm -hmm. Sometimes just because of personality. Mm -hmm. Some One person loves a server that's super bubbly and checks on them every two minutes. Mm -hmm. Another person says, oh my gosh, I wish they would chill out and leave me alone, alone and let us right. have our conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Isn't that funny? Sure. But it goes back to what you said. It, it goes back to perspective. It goes back to what somebody feels. And I think a lot of us in the officiating industry, we get caught up in what is right and what is wrong. That's the law enforcement side. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. There's other people that get caught up in the, but I gave all the right answers. Mm. That's the communication side. Right. You know, there's other people that get caught up in the whole well, you know, I, 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 I sold myself. I got myself into perfect yeah. uh, physique. My uniform and, looks perfect. And, yeah, right. and mm -hmm. my mechanics are crisp, and they're all these kinds of mm -hmm. things. I mean, I have sold myself over and over, and yet they're still not buying. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it's because it takes all of those components to provide good customer service. One of the things that about your story, even if you put in that other table that left unsatisfied is we're going to go back a number of podcasts ago. Ultimately, someone needs to read the temperature of the room. Someone needs to, you know, that manager could be talking to you and, and read the temperature of the, of the booth and go, okay, yep, they're a little frustrated, but they still seem very satisfied. Um, I can do this or I can do that, you know, and handle it however they see fit. But if that manager goes to the next table and the same complaint happens, and handles it the same way, but the temperature's different, we're a fail. We're a hard fail. So what I'm going to add, right? Okay, so we are communicators. We are managers. We are educators. We are um, law enforcement. You know, the other thing we better be? We better be a good thermostat, mm -hmm. thermometer. We better be able to read the room and read it correctly. And, and that's where I think this customer service angle comes in because... Every customer is not the same. Right. Yep. Every coach is not the same. Mm -hmm. Every school administrator is not the same. Yeah. Every assigner is not the same. Every crewmate is not the same. Every pivot move to the basket is not the same. That's right. It's not. we got to be able to recognize it right away. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. I think customer service, you know, if we had to, you know, link all those things and say, well, that's, that's that one thing that we are. But... It takes more than just one person having good customer service. That's right. We can't, as officials, whether there's two or three of us on our football season coming up, five or seven of us, we can't say, oh, well, our back judge is our customer service person. Yep. We can't say that. We can't say our back judge is our rules person. Mm -hmm. We can say our white hat is our communicator. But all in all, they all got to have some sort of that and, and, and be very good at maybe one or two of those, but everybody, everybody needs good customer service. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, some of you may say, why in the world were we having this conversation today? Like, it's, is it so we can check an online form box? No, <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. It's to help us maybe just rephrase the discussion in a new way. 
you know, we talk about the importance of communication all the time on this podcast because we really feel like that's an area that a lot of us are lacking in mm-hmm. when it comes to sports officiating, or at least could get better in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think a lot of us understand the need to enforce the rules. We may not all know them as well as we should, but mm-hmm. we understand that if, if we don't consistently enforce those, it makes it really hard for everybody else to do their job. Yep. It makes it hard for players to play. It makes it hard for coaches to coach. Um. It, it is important. You know, some of us say, well, you know, I'm I'm not into the politics of all this stuff at all. So, I, you know, I, I'm not going to sell myself. I'm not going to hobnob. I'm not going to network. I'm not going to do those things. Well, well, guess what? I'm not talking about doing it in egregious ways. Mm-hmm. But but that's just part of life. Like networking, that's, that's just relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to go through life without relationships, you're <laughs> going to be really missing out. Well, you know. Okay, someone can say that, and I understand what they're saying, but you also understand that that's part of what you have to do. That's right. If you want to be successful, hey, I want to be in shape, but I don't want to work out. Well, yeah. good luck. Yeah. You know, I, I want to lose 10 pounds, but I don't want to eat any different. Good luck. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to find a way, even though you don't like it, to find a way to do those things. So if you don't want to be a good communicator, listen, I, my way or the highway, I'm law enforcement out here. If you can't be a good communicator, good luck. That's right. You know, and, and we have to be able to manage people. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be able to manage crew situations. We have to be able to manage coaches, players, fans, administrators, all those things, assigners. Uh, you know, all that is incredibly important what we do. But I think if we would begin looking at what we do as customer service, mm-hmm. I really do think, for number one, it, it throws in a word that I think we forget sometimes. And that's the idea of service. Mm-hmm. When we are of service to the game, yeah. when we are of service to our partners, when we are of service to the participants, all of a sudden it just changes our attitude that little bit mm-hmm. where it's no longer about me always having to be right, yeah. but it's about how can I serve others? I'm here to serve. That's, that's right. right. And, you know, and part of that customer service is that we evaluate and get better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a feeling that just just taking a quick temperature of that manager last night, I highly doubt that manager took that server in the back room and yelled at him up one side and down the other. Mm-hmm. My guess, just from the interaction that I saw last night, is that he probably took that person and said, hey, what can I do to help you? Mm-hmm. What can I do to make this better? And one of the reasons I know that is because after the interaction that I had and then we saw that other table have, all of a sudden that manager was providing additional support to that server. Mm -hmm. Not just himself, but others making sure that things were happening and all to help that person along as they went. Mm -hmm. How many times have we done that as crew chiefs for a brand new member of the crew? Yep. You know what? Let's help them along Mm -hmm. so that then... Two weeks from now, they're the one that can handle the dinner rush, no problem. Mm, right. And we're helping somebody else that's new. Yep. You know, so I, I think when we serve others, when we serve the game, uh, we end up with the greatest success. I would also say that, that, you know, I don't know, but we should think about some more training. Mm-hmm. So, okay, this server's having a hard time handling the workload. Maybe they need a little bit more training in on how to save steps or whatever it is. So if we, if if you find yourself on a baseball field or a sports field or court anytime soon, and you see yourself not giving good customer service and lacking in one of those areas, 
Well, get some more training. That's right. Go get some more training. Go read a book. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm two steps behind. Go to the gym. Work out. Um, you know, I'm just not a good communicator. Well, put yourself around people that are good communicators. Mm-hmm. And you'll get some more training so it'll make you better in those spots. That's right. Well, I hope that this discussion has at least been thought-provoking to you today. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe allowed you to look at what we do in just a slightly different way. You may agree with our assessment. You may uh-huh. disagree with our assessment. Either mm-hmm. way, shoot us an email at uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, we will be more than willing to uh, read those and respond to those. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you all the time. Now, I, wait, yeah, I know ahead, you're sure. getting ready to wrap up. Do you mind if I share that part of my book? Did I did I share that with you? Uh, you did not, but go right ahead. I got I got 60 seconds, right? Okay. I think I, let me, uh, I just don't want you to hang up here. I want you, I want to have it here. Um, because I think it's, first of all, it's part of the, it's a, a book that I'm in the process of reading right now. Okay. Um, actually, you might have one that told me. Uh, the One Thing. Did you tell me about that I book? I did not. It's so funny that you didn't tell me about it, but it has multiple stories that we talk about within the podcast. I okay. Like, Holy cow. So, all right. So I'm going to turn it up here. I'm just going to play it. Um, and then that way y'all can hear, hopefully y'all can hear it. All right. So it's, it's just as literally, the book is called The One Thing. Okay. And it's um, the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Okay. okay, that's what it's called. As soon as, and I listen to books, as soon as I press play, this is the very first thing that I hear. Not welcome, not my name is. This is the very first thing. Hopefully I got it turned up all the way here. All right, it looks like it is. We work longer hours and earn more, but seem to bring home less. We give our all and yearn for more, but seem to settle for less. We drive fast, talk fast, eat fast, and still don't seem to get ahead. Then wonder where the day has gone when we crawl into our bed. We stand for less, fall for more, and strain to find our voice. We have more opportunity than ever, yet struggle to make a choice. We communicate more, connect much less, and seem to lose our way. Powered by more, but powerless, we fail to seize the day. We want it all, we want it now, and our wishes literally seem endless. We put more worth in net than self, then wonder why we feel so helpless. We snatch and claw, we grab, we grasp for all that we can cling instead of slowing down to figure out what matters most and identify the one thing. Pretty good, right? Absolutely. (laughs) If you're looking to educate, if you're looking to grow, that's the kind of thing you need to be doing. You need Mm -hmm. to be listening. You need to be searching. You need to be talking to people that are finding things. And we think that's uncommon. Mm -hmm. It'll make you uncommon in life. It'll help you leave an uncommon legacy uh, to others. And it's definitely going to help you lead other people in an uncommon way. Have a great week, everybody. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating.